0: At that stage in my career, I was probably moving around from place to place more frequently than I should have, but in hindsight, also, I realized I got a different perspective and skill set from every place that I worked at, and I'd like to think that the pizza that I make now and what I do now with Professor Pizza is so much more informed from the fact that I had a chance to learn from all these different great restaurants in and around Chicago, so.
1: Cool. So we're live, another episode of Adversity Kings. We have special guest today, Tony, last name? Scardino. Scardino. That's got to
0: be like a 1,000% Italian. Yeah, precisely a 1,000%, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, I figured there was enough people out there with a vowel at the end of their name making pizza. First name, Anthony, or Tony. So we go by Professor Pizza just as much as... uh, Yeah, Professor Pizza. Is that where everybody can find you social media-wise, too? Yeah, absolutely. Just like that, right in uh, Instagram is where we're really most active. Yeah. Uh, I would say having a ghost kitchen or um, not having a dining room, I consider it almost like the front door of my business. So we're pretty active on there.
1: That's dope. Yeah. So my best friend growing up was Italian. Okay. Pizza shop. They still got it today. It's Joyo's. And... The dad that ran the shop, his name's Tony. Yeah, Anthony Joio, and uh, their pizza was fire. Everybody would always be like, you know, what? What do you guys do? What do you guys do? You put, is it a sweet sauce? You know, it's a sugar, Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't completely throw it out there. It's not the sauce, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I worked. I worked for him for a while, and sure. uh, it is. It's absolutely fire. It's a different style. It's. I wouldn't con- consider it like a deep dish or even like a completely like a, a thin crust, but I mean it's. It's fire. And it's so different, like working in, like, especially working for an Italian, like, dude, that's, that's older. That was like, it's a, it's a particular breed of people. Yeah, bro. It was one of employer. the most humbling, but simultaneously, like with it, like it, with it sometimes being humiliating. Like at the same time, I knew how much the dude cared about me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he treated me like I, w- I was best friends with his son. I mean, we still talk. We're a lot like of tough today. love it's in
0: that instead. world. Only t- it's almost, it's like it's like <laughs>
1: only tough love. And, uh, but I appreciate it a lot because yeah. my dad wasn't in my life. So, like, that was like kind of my dad because it was cool. tough, tough love. I mean, we were, we'd make meatballs at 6, 7 a.m. and, yeah. we'd cut cheese in this big machine and it was a pain and have okay. to store it up. And it was, uh, it was a whole cool, cool experience. You know what I mean? Working the ovens, the pizza ovens and burning, yeah. burning the backs of your arms on, yeah. spinning around and, and, exactly, different things like that. But, uh, so what about your story and, and how, like, how did you come up? Let's start from even like even, even the very beginning, like growing up.
0: Yeah, growing up. I uh, grew up in the northwest suburbs in a community called Hawthorne Woods. Uh, went to Stevenson High School. Grew up in a family that was always, you know, I would say, you know, people say, oh, I'm Italian or I'm Italian-American. I would say, to be fair, we're American-Italian. I think we do a lot of things that are on par with uh, a lot of Italian upbringings, but at the same time, like... I had a pretty American upbringing as well, and uh, I don't like to hide from that reality. But with that said, food was very central to the household. We grew up in a home that was often used for celebrations, holidays. Were the Sunday dinners at your house? Growing up, or your grandma? That's why I make the distinction because it's like you get into some uh, Italian American households, and or. Or even certainly Italian households in Italy where that's like clockwork, you don't miss you don't a Sunday. Miss. And we had stuff like that, but it wasn't like every week okay. you're gonna see your extended family. Okay. You know. And I kinda wish we did have that, but um you know, b- people live busy lives and it's not like the old world where everybody lives, you know, on the same block in the same yeah. neighborhood, you know. So um it was always a treat whenever I could see the extended family. But uh yeah, there was a saying so Had a upbringing that was very food centric. Not only was it central to all of the entertaining, but when I was super young, my dad was working two jobs as he was making his way into commercial real estate. He still was catering. They had a catering operation at the time called strawberry catering. Their thought was who doesn't like strawberries? Yeah. You know, um, and prior to even me being born, they had a variety of different restaurants at the same time on the same block and in, in round lake illinois so restaurants and food and hospitality have you know always been in the blood like it or not and so eventually i started gravitating to that but growing up i didn't i didn't think i'd be in food yeah um i loved music and, and DJing and hip hop. And I always had that entrepreneurial spirit in me Yeah, started out at a very young age, uh, with a mobile DJ company. And before I could even really call it a company, it was just like my boom box in a red wagon that I was like bringing over to my neighbor's house for a graduation party and playing my book of CDs. And he threw me a hundred bucks at the end. I'm like, we might have something here, yeah. you know? So uh, I think it's always empowering as a kid to have that first opportunity to make your own money and save your own money yes. and kind of build something on your own or at least I found that to be the case with me so started started in that realm and eventually went to school for that uh, not specifically DJing but like music business in general Yeah, uh, at Columbia downtown in the city and like a lot of other people that go to Columbia, and I don't mean to disparage the university, but, uh, I didn't finish there, you know, and I I think for me it was for the better because I, I came to realize, okay, this is more of a hobby than something that you love enough to dedicate the rest of your life to, you know, uh, career wise. So eventually I got out of that and while being young and I guess, entrepreneurial and and wild enough to take chances, I linked up with a friend of mine and moved to Los Angeles and tried to get into medical marijuana. Uh, It was super early on um, in, I I don't know what you'd say, in that industry for, for doing that sort of thing. Like It didn't have... There's restrictions and and just like the professionalism that you see surrounding a lot of the dispensaries and, and I guess, cannabis culture in general um, at that time. And so we weren't organized. We were certainly goofing off and getting high all the time and just eating out and spending money as quickly as we were making it and – Cutting corners and sending it back home, trying to make up funds that we weren't necessarily making in a totally crowded Los Angeles cannabis market. So eventually got caught up with the law, and it became quite obvious that I needed to find a new career path. Yeah. So I moved home, and my father, being into commercial real estate at that point, had a client... Uh, out in Waukegan suburbs that was opening up a pizzeria, an Italian restaurant, and he's like, look, I know you keep on bringing up these pizza aspirations and food aspirations and had a chance to eat at a lot of great restaurants in L.A. that started to inform that passion. Uh, Here's an opportunity for you to be on an opening team of a restaurant. You know, he was telling me there were people in this business, and it's true, that they might have worked in a lot of restaurants throughout the course of their career, but never had a chance to work on an opening team. Uh, so I jumped at it and stuck there for a while, but that was just kind of my intro to bouncing around from place to place and learning what I could learn. Um, eventually I was like, Dad, I think I need to formalize this this career a little bit with an education. I think I'm ready to go to cul- or culinary school. rather. And he said, look, you know, he – just spent a bunch of money trying to get you out of a nightmare of a mess in Los Angeles. We spent a bunch of money on you going to Columbia for music business. You dropped out of there. I'm not ready to spend a bunch more money on you going to culinary school. So there's this program that I'm aware of because I had a uh, cooler donated from a former florist shop that he was handling the real estate of. He he had the cooler, the walk-in cooler donated to this uh, place called Inspiration Kitchens, which is a soul food restaurant in the Garfield Park neighborhood of Chicago. But the cooks of that restaurant are also the students of that free cooking program or culinary program, right? And that program offers people kind of a second lease on life and a chance to learn a trade that hopefully can carry them throughout the rest of their life and they can make some money and provide for themselves or their families or both, right? And I always say when bringing that up that I was probably one of the more fortunate people to ever go through that program. However, at that stage in my life, certainly coming off some legal troubles and a quote unquote career that I needed to step away from, uh, this was something I really needed at that stage. So I went through that program. It was, um, I don't know, about a two-month program in that time my my daughter was born so I was kind of going through that in life too uh, as a very young parent who was still trying to find their way in this world but the thing that inspiration did for me inspiration kitchens did for me more than anything else is it introduced me to the concept of staging which is a originally a european practice or a french practice uh where I guess the full term of that is stagiaire. And that's somebody in the kitchen who's there for in, in the modern sense, a shift or two, uh, for free, so that they can get a sense of what that restaurant is all about, a sense of what that kitchen's all about. And more importantly, the chef or the owners can get a sense of your compatibility, your passion, your drive, your work ethic, uh, your speed, your aptitude, and Ideally, maybe they offer you a job at the end of that stage. In Europe, this could go on, you know, for some months. In the U.S., well, it can go on for months as well. It's also more common to see, like, a one- or two-shift stage situation, right, Uh, before you're potentially offered a job or, you know, a thanks-but-no-thanks sort of scenario. And... What that did for me was very simple. It gave me opportunities to start working in Chicago restaurants. And some of those were pizzerias. Some of those were, you know, more on the level of fine dining or or refined dining, as I call it, which is maybe not fine dining but still a step above, you know, your run-of-the-mill, I don't know, mom pop restaurant. Um, and at that stage in my career, I was probably moving around – from place to place, more frequently than I should have. But in hindsight, also, I realize I got a different perspective and skill set from every place that I worked at. And I'd like to think that the pizza that I make now, and what I do now with Professor Pizza, is so much more informed from the fact that I had a chance to learn from all these different great restaurants in and around Chicago. So I would say that's 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 a lot of it right there,
1: so getting into building up your own restaurant then with Professor Pizza uh-huh. do you guys do other dishes outside of pizza, or like we're
0: starting to so you know, as I might have mentioned, we're in a ghost kitchen facility. what's that so ghost kitchen for those that are not familiar is really just a, it can exist in a variety of different ways, but it, they all have one thing in common, which is that they don't have a dining room, right? Yes. So this is where different brands can have a lower point of entry to getting their food out to the public. So it's a carry out and delivery only model. Yeah. Usually they're ordering online, uh, sometimes through the phone, but, um, in our case, strictly online. We're available through, you know, a handful of different platforms. We do a lot of our business on Toast Tab, but we're, on the ones you've probably more readily heard of as well, DoorDash, Grubhub. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just a, a lower barrier of entry for us to start to get our pizzas out to the public, right? Um, so people drive up or, or or get delivery, and we do a variety of different styles. I think we're doing, like, five different styles right now from New York, oops, New York, Sicilian, Grandma, Chicago, Th- Tracker, uh, I can't even speak, Chicago, Cracker Thin, Detroit. Uh, we've got some gluten-free, some vegan options. Uh, we're starting to get into sandwiches. Um, so, yeah, the the menu's expanding, but we also plan to be in a proper brick-and-mortar uh, with a dining room on site come hopefully February. Now, what is grandma-style pizza? So if you're familiar with, you know, pan pizzas like Sicilian-style pizza yeah. or even like a focaccia, uh think a thinner, crispier version of that pie, traditionally speaking, that's done in a 12 by 12 uh, pan. It's opened up in a uh, generous amount of olive oil. So when I say opened up, I mean you, you're used to pizza makers maybe tossing the dough in the air. You're going to do that with a pizza that's cooked directly on the deck of the oven. When you're making a pizza in a pan, you're not so much tossing the pizza dough as you are maybe dimpling or extending it open with your fingertips within the pan. And a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times, you're using some variety of fat to do that as opposed to like a flour that you'd stretch in or a semolina that you'd stretch in. So in our case with the grandma style, we liberally coat that pan with extra virgin olive oil and then we begin to dimple out that dough and allow it to proof over time, expand, rise, and... um and kind of develop that structure before it sees any bake time. Now, what about Chicago Cracker Thin? We do that as well. Uh, it's a totally different process, but uh, something super thin, crispy. We have you know a lot of respect for the tradition of making that style of pizza, but also we're not afraid to put those traditions aside for innovation at times. I came up under uh, 13-time world pizza champion, Tony Gemignani, who's based out in San Francisco. He's like the Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods or what have you of uh, independent pizza on a global perspective, in my opinion, and many others' opinion as well. And with his help, we've developed, you know, kind of an offshoot of Chicago Cracker Thin that we'd like to think, fixes a lot of the downfalls of that style and if you grew up in this area and had a lot of those pies that are cut into squares you know all the coveted slices are on the exterior of the pie and the ones in the interior don't hold up to the weight or the moisture of the toppings and those are always the soggy pieces so you know without giving away too many details so to speak yeah We've made alterations to where those interior pieces have, consistency, yeah, have the same sort of bake as as the exterior pieces, yeah. right, so um we have a lot of fun with that style for sure. Do
1: you have different style ovens, or is it is it all one style of oven that the pizzas all get done in
0: yeah uh right now, all of those are in one style oven, which is uh, a brand called Pizza master, and the variety of oven it is is an electric uh electric deck oven. Uh, for many years in this industry, you would see gas ovens and gas ovens are still great and they're still going into plenty of pizzerias to this day. But there's definitely a trend for the past several years in the pizza world of going more towards electric oven uh, for added control and specificity of temperature and distribution of temperature throughout the oven cavity and – uh, you know, a bunch of geeky things like yeah. that that go into it sounds you know, like a creating trainer. the right product. So, yes. Yeah, we use an electric oven for that, but we do a lot of mobile events as well. And when we do those, we have either Uni ovens or Ghazni ovens. So you have um, like
1: a, a pizza, a uh, pizza professor truck?
0: So we don't have a truck right now. Uh, but, uh, in time, we probably will make an investment into something like that. But we have different mobile setups depending okay. upon what we're doing. We might set up one way if we're, Going to be doing a festival yeah. VIP area. We might set up a totally different way. You know, I do a lot in the uh, comedy world with comics and, yep. and bringing them pizzas backstage, and and that's going to be a totally different mobile setup as well. Yeah, that's so, really cool. Yeah, and
1: that's a big end. I feel like every comedian has to love pizza.
0: Yeah, I think there's a synergistic relationship there between yes. just like making people genuinely happy, yep. you know, and maybe distract them th- from some of those real world stressors out there, whether it's through some great food or, or laughs or, or what have you. I, I kind of see us all indirectly or directly a part of the hospitality industry. So, yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah, we're here to serve. Now you said,
1: <laughs> you said there's, you don't, um, when you're, when you're cooking a, I forget, I don't know what style of pizza, but when you throw it up in the air, you said you don't do that with some pizzas.
0: Yeah. So like I would do that with a New York style pizza, for example. Yeah. Um, what which, does it do? Which we serve? Um, it just – it opens up the pizza dough. You know, that's it's part of the stretching process. And it opens
1: it differently than if you were to, like, knead on it and expand it with yeah, your fingers. Yeah, when,
0: when you're dimpling it, you're looking for more of a – um how would I put this? Consistent rise on the exterior of the pizza and the interior of the pizza, right? You want it to all – rise evenly. When you're making a New York-style pizza, you want it thinner on the interior of the pizza, but uh, thicker near the exterior of the crust, or in, in Italian, or in pizza jargon, we call this a cornocchone, which is uh, Italian for crown, yeah. right? So you want that raised crown on the exterior of a New York-style pizza. So when you begin to extend that dough with your hands, you're doing so leaving a lip, and everybody has their own stylistic uh, you know, opinions as to how big of a lip or crust or cornichona you want to leave on it. But you're leaving some on the outside and then getting your knuckles under it and extending it from there. Some people do it while it drags on the table so that they're not um, creating as much tension uh, on the dough or the gluten network. And some people really want to exaggerate that stretch by doing it in the air. And so we do a little bit of both. Now, what's your favorite style of pizza? Man, it changes all the time. You know, I I think ultimately we have a unique opportunity in being a smaller pizzeria to put things on and take things off the menu as, as we please. And so whenever we're working on something new, whatever style that might be, like, that's my favorite thing to make in the moment because that's what I'm trying to perfect in that yeah. moment. So. What are you working
1: on then in this moment that you're right, really enjoying?
0: Right now, um, you know, I'm lucky to have the support of my chef Mike, who goes by the Peacemaker. Love to get him tagged in this as well. But yes. uh, you know, for so long I've kind of like creatively driven Professor Pizza, and I'll certainly continue to do that. But we're starting to build something that's bigger than just myself here. Which, yes you know i i'm so proud to say that and and he's put forth uh kind of like the the groundwork to a bread program and and sandwiches and so we're starting to do our own like semolina baguettes and seated and unseated and focaccias and seeing how those can work their way into a sandwich program that does justice to our pre-existing pizza program so we uh, we did a gig this weekend where I busted out some meatball subs, and to do that on our own, you know, handmade bread was was a pretty big treat for myself as well as the guests. So it's the bread program right now that I'm really pretty excited about. Wow, even in its intro stages. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, and then I want to just for for the for the audience, sure. what is fakasha again?
0: Yeah, fakasha is um, so it's a it's it's a italian bread that is baked in a pan and it's one of these breads that we're going to dimple out with our fingertips and and that's going to create the the shape and the structure and the rise of that particular bread um these these breads are topped in the way that a pizza might be topped but usually sparser with the ingredients and uh if there is cheese on it it's it's probably a drier, more grated cheese than yeah. something that's gonna be more melting forward, like a mozzarella or a provolone or something in that realm. So it's something that allows the bread to shine a little bit more than maybe so the toppings yes. that you yeah, that you'd see maybe in a Sicilian pizza or a grandma style pizza. Um, so it's it's at the intersection of pizza and bread. Yeah, yeah. Who's your?
1: We, you talked on uh, comics and trying to. Kind of tap into that niche and, yeah. and obviously make some type of compatibility
0: with your pizza. Who's your favorite comedian? Favorite comedian, um, favorite comedian of all time is probably Tom Segura. Yeah, and he's he's been on my hit list for some years now. And terms what's his of people spe- that I would it, love. To... What's that
1: special? Is it Lone Wolf or
0: the? Well, I know he's got ball ball hog out there. Ball and, and, um, I think there's like a gray wolf or a gray uh, something. I don't, one of the as specials big of a Netflix, fan as quiet. I am, I should. I should have more of the special uh, titles memorized, but I know Ball if it's Hawk not was, like on Netflix, the last one. I don't know if I've seen. They're, they're, they're all killer. They're all killer. Yeah, but, Segura's uh, fire though. Yeah, he's he's my favorite of Bill all. Bill Burr, Segura. Bill, Bill Burr's killer. He's he's coming to Chicago soon. For uh, uh in November at the United Center, I hope to be bringing him pizza. But yes, whenever you're dealing with somebody of that, you know, kind of level. Yeah, it's he's always, uh, up. It's such a last minute thing if it happens yeah. or not. So. We've been all the way to the goal line and seen it not happen and then I've had Did other... you do anything with the Rogan a couple months ago or a month ago? Oh, I had COVID at the time. Wow. I, I would have had such an easy in at Zanies, they they take really good care of me over there. Shout out to Zanies, Chicago and Rosemont. Um and Nashville, even though I've never been there. Uh but uh yeah, he he kinda did a smaller club set there before he did the Chicago Theater, which is another venue I work all the time. Wow. And I would have been in a shoe in, and just yeah. didn't want to get the man sick. Yeah, no, that's respectable. Even if he had his ivermectin on hand,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs> the horse meds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, talking about other states, um, are yeah. there are there other states out there outside of San Francisco, or maybe even including San Francisco, the gentleman that you named, that's the godfather of pizza? Are there, like, is there favorite pizza places that you go for inspiration uh, when you travel?
0: Yeah. So. Um Pretty poignant question, because I just got back from New York, okay, and I'm hoping to go there more often, but haven't had the chance to get there much and it's the first time I've gone, uh, gotten uh gone to New York since um since the pandemic, yeah, and so it was just like a deluge of pizza. I was eating pizza all day all night um and Throughout the boroughs, uh, I didn't get a chance to get to the Bronx or Long Island, but, uh, you know, we ate pizza, certainly in Manhattan and Queens and Brooklyn. And I would say of my favorites were, um, you know, in Manhattan, I, I, I liked Arturo's a lot for a coal fire pie. I liked uh, Vito's Slices and Ices. Uh for Brooklyn, I love or and, and I really loved um, Mama's Two, which is also in uh in Manhattan and for Brooklyn. I really loved Lindistry. And uh where else in Brooklyn was I really a fan of? Feeney was great, brand new pizzeria in Brooklyn. Uh in Queens, Belushis, the real Belushi's, um, which is important because there's there's two on one block with the same name. Um that was incredible. And so I'd like to take a little different nuggets from each place and yeah. and see how I can bring it back home and incorporate it and has put the, my own spin and stank on it.
1: Has the Barstool guy ever stopped by?
0: Dave Portnoy, he's he's like Santa Claus, you know, like you're so excited when he shows up, but he's so elusive. We've been trying to get his attention for some years now. Yeah. Um we've had the ghost kitchen for maybe eight or nine months now, probably nine, and uh, different iterations of Professor Pizza through pop ups in the back of sports bars to my apartment over the pandemic and all throughout that time I've been trying to get his attention I've not succeeded yet but yeah.
1: I will. Do you do you have TikTok? I feel like TikTok would get you a lot of exposure.
0: I do have TikTok and it's something that we're kind of more so newly exploring. So it's not as mature as our our Instagram page, yeah. but. Uh, we're trying to be as active with TikToks and it's reels so as more. It's so
1: better than Instagram. It's so unregulated, especially yeah. for like like, like realistic audiences opposed to like Instagram has so many bots where it's like you don't know. It's like if it's just some – Is some it really of, your fan? Yes. Yeah, is, is it really a fan or is it some yeah. like – you know, Asian phone room. You know, some, totally. some deep place in Asia. So, and I mean,
0: have, at the end of the day, we realize that like videos are being rewarded by the algorithm a lot more than yes. still images. And so. YouTube
1: Shorts, once you're and over a thousand subs, now they're, they're going to start to monetize. Oh, okay. And so you'll be able to make a couple bucks. And if not, I mean, some of these guys make millions of dollars through, totally through YouTube. But it's totally. something. It's like something as catchy as pizza. People love like the uh, what's the ASMR or something, the sound. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when you're cooking and making
0: all the food and everything like that, that, that shit would blow and up. And of course, there's all these personalities right now in the food world that are strictly online based. You know, back in the day, it was the Emeralds and the, you know, uh, Gordon Ramsey's and the Bobby Flays of the world. But now it's like Meals by Cooge and Mo yeah. Mozzarella and all these guys. And um, I'm, I'm hoping to take my slice of the pie, pun intended. Right?
1: Yes. So. Do you have
0: toppings you don't like um yeah yeah probably probably but not like you do pineapple on pizza yeah we do we've got pineapple on pizza we've got pineapple and ranch on the same pizza you like pineapple on pizza i think it can be done right and i think it can be done wrong and i think it it often is done wrong but um if you put a little bit of extra attention into that ingredient and how you prepare it and how you place it on the pizza do you do it pre-bake post-bake you know in in my world of like more gourmet or elevated pizza it's not uncommon for us to put on more ingredients after it comes out of the oven than when it goes in the oven yeah so something was as moisture laden as uh as pineapple we'd maybe reserve till either later in the bake or after it comes out of the oven entirely. That makes sense because all yeah. that moisture
1: would just expand through the crust. Yeah, and exactly. Cause more sogginess. Exactly. Just exactly. an expansion of flavor yeah. where you can
0: kind of micro it. Right. For that same reason, we do a lot of sauce on top to yeah. create a barrier with the cheese. and. What's yeah. that style when the sauce goes on top? Well, now you're seeing that all the time a throughout lot. different styles. Um, but it was something that, traditionally speaking, you would see more so with pan pizzas. I think it was born a lot out of, like, Sicilian pizzas and sfincione, which is the true Sicilian pizza in Sicily. Yeah. Um, But uh, you'll see things like a, a Brooklyn splash or a full coating of sauce on top of the cheese, even, like, on a New York slice. Yeah. You know. What's the
1: highest recognition you can receive as like a pizza shop? Like I think of, I've, I think I've been to one or two Michelin star restaurants. Uh-huh. Can you get a Michelin star as a pizza shop?
0: Yeah, yeah, you can. I mean, Michelin's not like exclusive to any style of cuisine. Okay. I think you can. You can definitely get them. I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Uh, not to say that they're not out there. Plus, Michelin has the Bib Gourmand. Uh, classification as well, which is you know a lot more attainable than a one, two, or three star. Um, but in our world, we well, we have all the respect in the world for the the fine dining culture. We kind of do our own thing, yeah. right? So we have these competitions, and that has a lot to do with more so us as individual pizzaiolos or pizza makers than it does maybe so the whole pizzeria. But it, it is something that. As a pizzeria owner, I can bring back to my pizzeria and and say, "Hey, I am a I do compete with the world pizza champions as I do, or I have won X Y and Z award at the world pizza games, or in Parma or in Atlantic City, which I have not yet." Um, so in our world, those competitions mean quite a bit. Um, just the overall um, appreciation from our colleagues, you know, means a lot. I think more so in in communities like pizza and barbecue, you see just incredible community, yeah, you know uh yeah, we're all competing against one another, but it's a friendly competition, and we're probably more concerned on how we elevate the whole industry and the whole art form forward than we are one upping or outselling our fellow pizzeria, so um. You know, the, it's a lot of personal victories for us for sure. But I, I'll be honest with you, you know, if Dave Portnoy's been a big force in our industry the last couple of years that he's been active. Oh, my but, God. He makes you know, me want to just go try yes. pizzas and record. Yeah, it. absolutely. So, um, you know, I don't, I, I wouldn't necessarily, I, I, I like the guy. I think he stands for a lot of great things and, and sheds a lot of great light on small businesses. I would also say he's not necessarily like the the standard for for absolutely exacting pizza knowledge, you know, he's more of a a casual guy in 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 his knowledge of pizza, but what he can do for an independent business uh, you know, can't be ignored. It's it's a huge impact. So kind of
1: like how wine has sommeliers, I don't yeah. know if I'm saying
0: that correctly. Is that what a pizza pizzaola is? Uh so a pizzaola is a pizza maker. Okay. You know. Uh so Anybody that's making pizza on some level is a pizzaiolo. Is there uh, terminology, or is there
1: anybody that that the pizza world uses to like like a sommelier, like reference, like a pizza
0: master? It's a good question. Um, Just, you know, there 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 are judges of these competitions, and these judges are people that are of this world, so. Um, they might be expert bakers, they might be pizzeria owners they They might have been former competitors themselves, so certainly there are you know these people that we look to for 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 guidance and um, and credential but if there 's a specific name for them i don 't know it now. Have you traveled outside of the country a little bit but not professionally speaking yet, so do you uh, have any?
1: I guess, aspirations to go outside of the country and like
0: specifically look for like, what,
1: what are pizzas in like some Mexican town? You know what I mean? In South America and like,
0: yeah, yeah. And, and also that, but also just like first and foremost, represent the world pizza champions on an international level and compete with them. Where, where does that take place? Does it switch up? There's competitions throughout the world, but there's a major one in Naples. There's a major one in uh, Parma, Italy. Okay. Uh, There's major ones in in Spain. Okay. Um, So it it really depends. Yeah,
1: that's what I wonder about. Like, if you were to just travel, obviously, like Italy just makes sense, but like other countries,
0: I like to, like, what's,
1: I wouldn't recommend going there now, but it's like, what would like Russian pizza be like?
0: Sure. Well, I can tell you this. I mean, there is incredible pizza taking place in regions of the world that you wouldn't even expect it like um i'm drawing a blank on his name right now but there's a netflix um docu-series that came out recently chef's table pizza and they put a spotlight on this one pizzaiolo who's based in japan and you wouldn't expect this incredible neapolitan pizza to be coming out of japan and yet you know the Japanese people are super dedicated towards whatever they decide uh to to delve into and and pizza's no exception and You know when we look at the acrobatic like dough tossing competitions that take place in in Vegas every year uh oftentimes it's it's the Korean teams that score very high, yeah so it, it, pizza's got a global reach. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: I never even thought of that until we had this conversation, yeah. so that's, that's cool. Now, what about outside of um, pizza? You know, what kind of hobbies do you have outside of comedy and pizza? movie
0: shows, other food? Yeah, well, I mean, you talk about other food, like, we do a lot of pizza that shines a spotlight on cuisines other than Italian, other than pizza. You know, we do a Euro-style pizza uh with my uncle's my uncle's Greek I should mention. Uh Zatziki recipe and, and chrono Zero slices and all of that. So absolutely food outside of pizza in Italian, I think that all um informs what we're doing, you know, yeah. with the, with the menu and keeps it exciting and new and and I think if I ate pizza all the time, um even if it was other people's pizza it would kind of stint what we're able to do creatively so um yeah i i I love eating other cuisines you know comedy is huge for me i try and go out to as many shows as possible whether it's you know big big time you know touring headlining acts or even local chicago comics uh that i'm 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 lucky to call uh, my friends in many cases and and so comedy is a huge part of my life. But uh, but yeah, I've got I've got two kids that take up quite a bit of my time as well, one of which I'll be picking up from school after this. So oh. yeah, being a dad's right up there at the top of the list as well. So what about, I always ask everybody, do you have a favorite movie? Do you have a favorite TV show? Do I have a favorite? Uh, I'd say TV show one quicker because it's just coming to me quicker. I'm a big Curb Your Enthusiasm fan. Uh love that. Um I uh I, I don't know about favorite of all time, but I definitely watched that Dahmer series recently. Yeah. That was pretty wild. Yeah, that it was. Um movies um 25th Hour hours up there, um American Psycho is pretty crazy. Um you know, all that. Is the American Psycho is that or no? I'm it's being... a Christian Bale movie. He's Kind of a murderous businessman. It's it's a wild movie from I'd, the I'd, 90s. I think I'm thinking
1: of the you know. Have you seen the accountant? The dude, the kid. He has like he has like some type of disability when he's a kid, like an odd, like odd. You know what I'm talking about? He had like autism or something like that. And he I would don't like, know if i have
0: seen that or not.
1: He would like beat out his legs, and then he came with like some type of like serial murderer, but he was an accountant as well. So it was kind of psychotic.
0: I feel like those are along the line, the same lines as American Cycle, but I don't think I've seen that. Yeah, though. No,
1: it was a solid, solid movie.
0: Yeah. So what's kind of the future vision as we wrap up? Expand
1: into other states, just capitalize right here, see where it takes you day by day. Like- yeah,
0: I mean, so frozen pizza is going to be big for us, okay. like even in the next like couple months. <laughs> Dope. Uh, we intend to get it out there in a variety of different ways whether that's through local boutique grocery stores or bars that either have a minimal kitchen or or maybe no kitchen at all yeah um and then certainly online eventually I, I, there's services out there like gold belly which maybe we'll utilize or maybe we'll do it independently but those offer you the opportunity to kind of overnight your pizzas anywhere in the country and uh kind of get the brand out there a little bit more that way so i'm I'm just excited to do that i'm excited. To, any opportunity I have to further marry my love for comedy and and food together um but I feel like the more I try and plan the future the more I get in the way of whatever you know blessings or opportunities are actually coming my way so just trying to keep a good attitude and, and keep my head down and uh opportunities tend to come to me like this one so yeah
1: sweet yeah so is there anything
0: else you want to share uh as we wrap up anything else I just would say if you're if you're looking to try one of my pizzas or see what we're all about, our Instagram once again is Professor Pizza. If you have a question or want to DM, I personally you know get back to every single one of those that I can. And uh, yeah, I hope to make you pizza soon. Cool. Thank you guys. So this was Professor Pizza. Make sure you guys Google,
1: leave a review, check them out, whatever you got to do. Check out the social media. And if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. Cool. Yeah. <laughs>